What is up, everybody out there in LinkedIn land? I am super excited that uh, LinkedIn is back up and running. I don't know if anybody else noticed, but it was down. I was freaking out. Like, I'm supposed to go live. Hopefully, it's not still down, but we are back. Uh, you are tuned in to Recruiting is No Joke, and this is episode seven. Super excited for uh, the guests that we have today. Uh, and, you know, really excited about the conversation we're going to have. So, as always, if you can, comment company where you're from just comment we want to know who's out there and then as you have questions if you've got comments uh we love to make this interactive so without further ado bonnie welcome to the show it's great to have you here i would uh i'd love for you just to give a quick introduction if uh if you, you can do that for us all yeah of course um i'm bonnie it is my first linkedin live so i had no idea how this worked so yeah that someone uh hasn't set up um i am a recruiting manager at zapier we are a SaaS company in the automation space um and my team recruits for all of the kind of non-technical roles so basically everything that's not like you know engineering and products i know nothing about those things and i don't actually probably know enough about all the other amazing <laughs> work people do either but um fortunately i have an awesome team that does so uh, yeah. And I really love LinkedIn. I thought I got banned this morning and was, um, super sad when I was down and I was like, what am I going to do with my life? And so. No, I'm I was the same part. way. <laughs> I was like right in between. Well, I was making like a kind of like a sarcastic comment <laughs> and then it glitched out and I was like, how does it know what I'm about to say? Like, is it blocked me before I'm about to, uh, let this go. So, uh, <laughs> I, I am with you there. Well, awesome. Well, it's great to have you with us. And uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, Zapier as well. And I know uh, you guys are doing some awesome work, great product. Um, and so I'm I'm curious, like I always just like to know um, with each guest because recruiting, I feel like has such an unusual career path for so many people. So I'd love to just um, hear a little bit about like your story in recruitment, like how you got started um, and then, you know, how you how you uh, got to Zapier as well. That, I think that'd be super interesting to hear. Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, majored in recruiting in college. And um, no, not really. <laughs> That's not a thing. I missed that <laughs> class. I was no. <laughs> you were like, yeah, OK, OK. Yeah. Uh, where one, know how to ghost people. Yes. Exactly. Just like, don't respond. Um, and so I. Um, I studied like sociology and women's studies, like real practical stuff in college and wasn't really sure what to do with my life. Ended up discovering this program called Teach for America and ended up, I was actually in the classroom and then started working for them on like teacher development. And um, so uh, once I you know, was managing a team, I had to hire for my team. I happened to be in Oklahoma. People did not want to move to Oklahoma. Um, to work for us and we were very new and like needed to recruit people uh to the city to the state and so i started like kind of ad hoc recruiting because i was like these the recruiters aren't aren't like going to be able to help us i got to do more so i was like you know trying to figure out how to sell people on oklahoma sell people on like working for us and so just kind of like started doing it and realized like i really like hmm. doing those things i like interviewing i like talking to people about the potential of working for us and what it could do for their career um and so once i kind of like reached the end of the road with that that role and felt like I was ready for something new. Moved into a full-time recruiting role. I'm still in education um, for a network of schools. They like, oh gosh, like all, 
tripled in size like while I was there. Um, I think quadrupled in terms of headcount, actually. And so huge growth. I was like traveling all the time. It was great um, and tiring and um, really liked recruiting, uh, the recruiting work and like being in education. But uh, eventually, like just felt like I wanted to check out a new space. And mm. tech was really interesting to me. And so um, that was how I found my way to Zapier. So this is actually my first time working in tech. I've been with Zapier now about 11 months. And um, but yeah, I mean, everything with recruiting, I think it's like one of the most learnable like fields you can go into. Um, there's, you know, nothing that you need a lot of formal training on. I think a lot of it is just like um, organization, people skills, like, you know, things like that and getting to know your company um, and picking up some HR law along the way, I guess. Um, but I think it's something that pretty much anyone can do and be successful at if you have have the drive and, you know, like desire to figure it out. And so it's, it's a space I love being in. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think, uh, you know, transferable skills right now, I mean, I think in so many industries, there's so many jobs which, you know, people who have transferable skills can do. Uh, and I think, you know, as recruiters, we actually play a huge part in that and being able to identify who has those skills, where can they they uh, they work, and then how can we consult hiring managers to, to kind of think outside the box. But uh, I'm curious, like, just coming from almost like a place of, you know, literally what I would consider like falling in the recruitment and like just kind of <laughs> doing it and being like, oh, this is something I can do. I guess, you know, what's, what's like a, I guess, a common myth that you've kind of like dispelled throughout your experience in, in recruiting? Like what's something you thought recruiting was? Um, and now that you're in it, you're like, oh, well, this is way different than uh, potentially than I thought it was. Yeah. Um, I think a couple of things like um, one is I think initially, especially kind of the way it was when I first got started, I would say is almost more of like sourcing. It was a lot of like generating interest, a lot of like going out and finding people. And I, um, there's a lot more to it. I mean, as recruiters, you are there every step of the way. You are negotiating offers. Um, you are trying to help hiring managers figure out like what the hiring process should be, um, what skills they're looking for, how they're going to assess for those skills. So I think there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. And initially, I thought a lot of it was like, it's just getting people excited about a job and excited <laughs> job, and then they do and they get the job and every, all is good. But actually, there's a lot more, you know, going on in terms of um, building out processes, making sure those are followed, um, and those yeah. as well. No, that 100. I, I think, you know, I mean, a lot of my friends, I think, you know, who are outside of recruiting. Um, yes, I have friends, everybody, but any of them, my friends who are not in recruiting, I think that that's what they think it is. Like, hey, I'm just going to post a job on Indeed. And then suddenly I'm just going to be talking with people and and kind of just like almost just like handing them off into like this position. Um, yeah. And like you said, they're it's it, qualified. They're all amazing. Like, you know, and it's like, nope, there's a lot to start through. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think sometimes too, like, obviously, depending on the size of the business, there's going to be different complexities with with hiring as well. So you know, maybe if you're a small company with five people and you're looking to make a hire, you can just do a LinkedIn post and oh, suddenly I got 200 applicants <laughs> and the chances are somebody, you know, is going to be able to do the job. But the bigger a company gets, the, the you know, the more challenging it, it gets, I think. And, um, you know, I don't think all the time LinkedIn does a great job uh, in terms of the content, at least I see. There's just so many 
you know, mixed messages out there about how easy recruiting is. I, I like to obviously talk about the challenges that, that we face as recruiters. Uh, hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Recruiting is No Joke. I wanted to give a quick shout out to my sponsor, Bright Hire. The old way of hiring just doesn't cut it anymore. And my friends at Bright Hire are here to help. Bright Hire is the leading interview intelligence platform for improving quality of hire at talent first companies. Their technology records and transcribes interviews and creates a set of highlights you can revisit and share to streamline the process, improve the candidate experience, and give teams better information to make the best possible hiring decisions. If you're looking to improve your quality of hire and reduce bias in your hiring process, visit brighthire.com today and let them know Joel sent you. Now back to the episode. Thanks again. So I, I noticed too, recently you posted, um, and you post a lot of great content, by the way, anyone who isn't following Bonnie, I would definitely follow her. And uh, I, I would just, I noticed one one of the things that you posted recently was actually a stat that you guys have a 95% close rate, um, yeah. which is, you know, phenomenal. You know, that's a really, really high number, uh, especially in this market, even though, um, you know, some layoffs, still a challenging market. So I'd love for you just to, you know, even maybe speak to some of the things that you think you're doing or, or that you've seen that, um, you know, have, have gotten you guys to a 95% close rate. Yeah, it's definitely high. Um, we were chatting with Jem, who's the, uh, the CRM that we use about that. Um, a couple of my colleagues, um, were, so I think there's a couple of things. One of them is being really transparent with people up front. We currently do not post salaries on job descriptions. We are working on mm. a tool that candidates can check. It's only because, um, each job pays differently based on what country you're in, which is, is just how we have that set up. So anyway, with that caveat, I, I really believe in that. And I'm excited that we're moving towards that. Um, but in the interim, as soon as someone gets on the phone with a recruiter, we do talk through, here's what the compensation range is going to be. Here's what the bonus program looks like. Here, you know, Equity, here's like the benefits and really have that conversation early. Um, we also include that in our outreach. So generally, if someone's moving past the recruiter screen, they're already pretty clear on what the package is likely to look like. And so are we. We've been talking about that. And then we kind of check in with them as things progress on both their interest in the role, as well as ensuring that we're still going to be aligned in terms of what an offer would look like. So by the time we get to that offer stage, we there are very rarely surprises because we've been pretty transparent on both ends about you know what's like going on in the process, what they're looking for, where they are with other roles. Um, one thing I'll say is like I um, I have like hired a, a number of roles in, in addition to being a manager on the team, but um, I'm super transparent with people. So if we have an offer out and there's someone else and I'm like, you're amazing, we would love, if we had two roles, we wouldn't be making two offers right now. We extended an offer to someone else, but like if it doesn't work out, like we are, we'll have an offer to you. I would rather tell someone that that's what's going on than have them hear about it later or have you know, someone waiting two weeks and losing interest. And so, you know, I think we're also just a very transparent company with people around even things like that, that can be tricky conversations. And something I've heard from candidates is that that actually like makes them trust us more because they know that they're getting the real deal. And so they're also telling us like the same of, you know, I, I, I am here with this other company or here's what's going on at work and, you know, those sorts of things. And so I think just through that back and forth, um, I think some of that like really helps us close offers and then 
I think we have an amazing compensation team and benefits team that put together really great, um, you know, compensation plans, allow us to put out like great salary offers while maintaining internal equity. And um, we're continually like improving our benefits. So yeah, I think all that stuff helps too. No, 100%. And I think, you know, I know when, uh, when I was, I was actually recruiting recruiters, um, <laughs> you know, that was one thing that our team, especially in the initial outreach. Now, obviously we're on the agency side. So we sometimes would mention the company we're working with and, and representing. Sometimes we wouldn't, we'd, we'd be a little bit more vague in terms of like, okay, here's the industry, uh, maybe the, the growth stage that we're in. We didn't want to necessarily just, you know, give the name of the company for obvious reasons, but with salary, we just found like, you know, it's, it, you're not going to get responses from people anymore anyway, if you're not direct. And then it just yeah. saves so much. And then, like you said, bringing that, because I've, I've heard different recruiters say, well, I don't want to talk about salary in the first call. But the only problem with that is, is if everybody's investing time and you as a recruiter yeah. is investing time, then if you get to salary on a second call, it's like you just wasted a bunch of time. And uh, so oh. I think, I think that's the new, the kind of the new way. Um, yeah. But it's cool, like to actually see companies that, are operating that way and then they can share stats like hey 95 percent close rate because yeah. that saves time saves no a lot surprises. of headache obviously yeah no surprises yeah. there at all um and then you know i was looking at i was actually looking at quite a few of your posts again great content uh but one of the posts that you had that you've got featured on your page as well is in terms of um this conversation around with like layoffs happening and and obviously like we're reading about these layoffs and one of the things that it sounds like that you kind of instigated or started yeah. at Zapier is this, uh, this idea of like, you know, having people internally being able to be like coached for external opportunities and like, kind of like taking the, you know, kind of the, t the taboo-ness out of that. Cause I, I do think that was kind of a, you know, for a lot of companies that's so worried about retaining people, but okay. I'd love to just know more about like how that's, yeah kind of like working and, and how that's even helping with retention as well and, and all of these different things. Yeah. So, you know, this I think came partially from just like a culture I'd previously worked in. Um, the company I came, I used to, uh, I worked for this organization, Teach for America for a long time, amazing organization. And I was able to tell my manager last May, hey, I'm like looking for jobs, even though I didn't start a Zapier until November. Um, I felt very comfortable. I knew I wasn't going to lose my job. I knew she was like, great. How can I help? Like, let me know, use me as a reference, those sorts of things. I felt really comfortable. Um, I previously uh, had another manager that was the same, was like so supportive. Um, and I stayed like a year until I found like the right move for myself. That was when I was trying to move into recruiting. And, you know, so just like that's the experience I've had and the relationship I've had with like managers and with an organization I worked for. And um, I already knew that that was not the case in tech. I knew that it was very normal to do like the two weeks notice. Um, and everyone's surprised that someone's not happy or that someone's planning to leave and, um, had a couple of departures like early on in my tenure here where that happened. And I just was sort of like frustrated. And I was like, why does this keep happening? Why aren't people talking about this? Like also mm. we're moving on to do really cool things. Like the two people on my team that left, like left for promotional opportunities where they were going to lead their own talent teams. It's like, that's awesome. Like we want to celebrate that. And I personally would hope that like my manager, if that's what I wanted to go for, would support me in that journey versus like me having to kind of do it secretly outside of work. And so anyway, kind of just came from that. And then sort of um, we 
had something and I posted this like as a comment on our internal blog. And then I had some people start messaging me and say, like, actually, I have been thinking about other moves either internally, but I don't know how to talk to my manager, that sort of thing. Um, but like, I would actually love to. And so it kind of like came from from some very just organic conversations and then talked to our like chief people officer. And he was like, yeah, let's just like put this on paper and commit to like doing this for our people. Um, and we've definitely had employees, I would say like a lot of people coming for internal like navigation of, hey, I'm ready for my next move. I don't know what that is. Can I sit down with you and just like figure out how to even make sense of like where I might want to go? Um, and for me, I mean, I think it's a retention strategy. There's a number of people that we've actually, I think, retained because we've moved them, found something else for them in the company versus what the other alternative, which would have been them leaving. Yeah. And then um, there have been a few people who, as they're, you know, exiting where they've decided like, I'm ready for my next move or just something's not a fit here where we've supported them. We've even supported people after they've left. So um, one of my recruiters now is like coaching a former employee on their job search. And so at, at the end of the day, like if someone commits to your company and puts time and energy into like being a part of your company, in my mind, like, you need to take care of them. And unless they've done something horrible, um, you know, like they could, they should kind of be a part, like they're still, still an alum of your company and you kind of owe it to them to, um, yeah. be a to them to the extent that you can. Well, hundred percent too. And you, I mean, you think about like the boomerangs and things like that, that are happening. Yeah. You know, if, if somebody has a really negative experience when they're leaving or, you know, I, I heard of someone recently where like the manager, you know, they were just pissed that they were leaving and then kind of went off on them. And I'm like, all right, there's when you're moving job, there's a 50% chance it might not even work out. So like you might, you know, if someone's yeah. really great, like, like you said, encourage them into something that that is potentially better for their career, but like always yeah. leave that, that door open. So, uh, so I love that. So I, I did want to, uh, I just want to go to the chat here as well. And, uh, and just say hi to some people as well. Cause I'm always, uh, always amazed by, uh, you know, how many people are actually stopping by. So Louise, I saw you there from Vesta Recruitment. We got Tina, Deborah, we got uh, Ar Arise, and then Gideon, Holly, Hannah, Karsten, uh, Dallas, Amal. So great to see all of you. We got Liam Darmody. Uh, look, he is a huge fan of Zapier as well. So uh, he loves to see the people behind the product. Um, and then he's also a fan of Gem as well. Uh, so, amazing. Yeah, yeah, very, very like cool. And company. Yeah, I, I've, I've heard some really good things about Gem as well. Uh, I think we use on our like ATS side, we use Bullhorn. Um, yeah. No comment there. No, just kidding, Bullhorn. Uh, and then he just said, I think many companies should adopt the policy of allowing people to notify you. They'll be leaving something else. Uh, 100%. I think it, it helps the company and, and the person as well. Exactly. Um, so yeah, very, very cool. And guys, if you have questions for Bonnie as well, you know, just put those questions down in any comments. Hopefully we'll get to them. Um, I was I was going to say too, so I know um, I've seen you posting about this before as well. I know we were joking in the DMs about it, but uh, you know, we you've posted before about, you know, and, and, and again, I kind of uh, feel pretty passionate about, uh, well, at least one side of the equation, but we you talked about like the hidden job market, right? Yeah. And there's career coaches out there, on our favorite platform, LinkedIn, uh, that, uh, I don't know, you know, they, they, there's claims all the time. And then, you know, we do hear about the hidden job market, but I'm just curious from like your perspective, um, 
you know, like what your thoughts on this are and, and uh, you know, what your experience has been with this as, as well. Yeah. So um, I've, yeah, I've written a lot of thoughts on this. So, I mean, there, there technically is, I would say like a small number of hidden jobs out there that not everyone knows about. This is not like a pervasive thing though. And I think um, a lot of these career coaches will talk like it is like, you need their help to get access because they charge thousands of dollars to, um, so they need people to believe that there's this whole other world they can open up for you if you give them money. And this is just not true. And it's just, it's really unfair because I think a lot of job seekers then are spent like, are kind of feeling like if I don't put money into my job search, I'm not going to land a good job. And I just don't think that's true. And so I think that's part of why I like feel so strongly and like kind of dispelling this, this like rumor. Um, and I also think the majority of jobs that are hidden are not actually jobs that the vast majority of job seekers would be interested in or qualified for. Like most executive searches for like chief level roles, maybe some VP level roles, those are generally hired done by private search firms that, you know, the general public is not as aware of where they're generally looking for people already in those roles. That is just not the majority of us. And those people, that's just a different world of hiring. But for a customer support role, for a recruiting role, for a, you know, marketing uh, manager role, things like this, like roles that companies are hiring lots of, like there, you do not need special access to get into these roles. Um, but yeah, it benefits these folks. I, I see that comment about like this idea of exclusivity. Yeah, like it benefits them to make it feel like um, there is this like hidden market. I think the other piece that is real is like networking helps. And I think yeah. that's what some of the hidden market idea gets at is like, we can get you access. Like, I mean, the reality is like a recruiter knows I know jobs that will be open in two weeks that are not yet on my website. But when I'm messaging with someone and they say, I'm looking for this and we, you don't have it. If I know it's coming, I'll often say to them, hey, keep an eye out. Like that's going to come in a couple of weeks. If I remember to or I'm organized enough, I will sometimes DM them and say, hey, it's up. Um, we have talent communities at Zapier. And when people sign up, like we'll go through those and message people if something kind of aligned to what they're looking for is up. Things like that. So I think some people might look at that and say, hidden job market because some people are getting like early access or that sort of thing and Intel. And I think that's more networking. That's like knowing people yeah. who have information and getting it like so that you can be among the first to apply type of things. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And I think, you know, to your point, there are definitely, I mean, I've definitely worked with companies where, you know, it's, it's not like active intention that they haven't posted the job, right. you know, they just, maybe they've just got a talent team that just doesn't have the bandwidth to even post it. It takes energy. Maybe they haven't seen success before in posting jobs. So like, ah, what's the point in posting it? Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And, and I guess like in terms of like networking, you know, particularly like networking with, with recruiters, I mean, what advice do you have for people? Uh, you know, cause I get a lot of people reaching out, uh, around like, a lot of recruiters actually reaching out wanting to get into a tech company. Uh, yeah. So I'm curious, like from your perspective on the inside, uh, and I know that you're not necessarily recruiting tech positions, but I'm sure you, you know, at some point yeah. you'd be like, Hey, I want to try you know, my hand at this, or, or, you know, can I, if you wanted to do that. So like, what advice would you give to like a recruiter uh, that's looking to break into a tech company? Like how, uh, what advice would you give to them from, uh, from the inside? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess like I am one of those people because I, I was a recruiter, but not for, for a tech company and then made that move. 
Um, and so I know I can speak from my own search that I had a lot of a lot of rejection along the way, um, because for whatever reason, some people were kind of looking and saying like, okay, you're another industry and um, don't have experience here. And so I think some of that networking definitely helps in terms of like reaching out to people at the companies you're interested in. I always tell people to like, look at who works there and look at what their journeys have been and see if there's people, if everyone is sort of like, you know, a linear path, like everyone kind of was at another tech company and then came to this company or do they have people that actually move from other industries? That kind of gives you a sense of how open those people might be. And it also tells you like, if the manager you might be reporting to is open to, you know, like who are they hiring or what was their own journey? Um, and I know at Zapier, I actually have no idea if it helped or not because I applied and then realized that the chief people officer um, who had been there like a month at the time had actually worked at Teach for America previously. Oh, no, cool. I'd already been invited to an interview before I even like messaged him, but I did message him. So who knows? Maybe he was like, maybe he said something. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> but it's possible that that helped, but I certainly like the thing I did after applying and I kind of wish I'd done it before was like, look and see, might I know anyone here that I could connect yeah. with? And so even though I did it after, you know, kind of applying, um, I at least like took that step of, of kind of reaching out and, and, moving forward, I would always like do that proactively, I would say like before applying so that you can get some tips from people. So you can kind of see if they can make an introduction. Um, I think a lot of like recruiters and just, you know, non-recruiters, whoever's listening right now, um, like uh, just something to keep in mind, it is, it is a numbers game. So if you're a recruiter, I mean, honestly, like the first 50 applicants are probably getting a lot more attention. Um we will probably look at all of those. Those are the people most likely, you know, the first 50 to 100, whatever, most likely to get invited to screens. And some people, and sometimes that happens within a day. Um, I posted a recruiter role a couple of months ago and posted it. I sent an email out to our talent community saying, hey, just posted a recruiter role. And then I put it on LinkedIn. Within an hour of posting the role, we had over 500 applications. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah, and the person we hired, we had one opening. The person we hired into the role, um, was in our talent communities so saw it that way applied right away and i mean that it was we were filled with tons of awesome people we could have hired 20 great recruiters i mean 50 great recruiters from that pool but at the end of the day like it just oh all right looks like we got a little bit of a connection but maybe that's me is yeah. that me I don't know, but I saw a little spiral for a second and then I see you now. That was me. Apologies. Yeah. There. So, yeah. yeah, no, I, you know, I think, um, like you said, it's the numbers game, staying connected, going, going, you know, looking at your first network, obviously, and, and, uh, and then, uh, and then just being persistent with that as well. Um, how, how much do you think, I mean, you mentioned like the, you know, posting that job on LinkedIn as well. How much has, um, and this is something I'm passionate about, like how much is your own kind of personal brand, like how much has that impacted just, I guess, like your recruitment a as a whole? And obviously like Zapier has a great brand as well, but that coupled with a really strong personal brand, um, like I I'd love to just know like how much of an impact that's had and, and uh, you know, how that's working for you as well. Oh yeah. Huge. I like, wasn't very, if you like scroll back far enough, there's a lot of posts now, but I would probably say two thirds of my LinkedIn posts, like over the lifetime of my LinkedIn account, which is uh, 10 plus years, like are in the last like, 
probably eight months mm -hmm. um, when I started getting active on LinkedIn because, you know, I was here at Zapier. I was like, gosh, this is an awesome place to work. Nobody really knows this company. Like nobody knows this name or, you know, in my like own networks and things like that. So I was like, I got to start like talking about this more. And then, um, you know, started seeing like people in my own networks being like, oh, this sounds like a great place to work and, and applying. And so then I just started to like get more and more involved and connect with people and my networks were very education heavy because of my background. And so it was like, let me start like connecting with people in tech so I can recruit those people. And so it was just a very organic, like, you know, started to like interact with a new new type of person um, and then had, you know, a couple of roles, posts that started to, you know, get more attention. And, and then over time, like really kind of then built up the followers and and connections and all of that. I had to stop like accepting connections because I actually reached my max. And then I had to start removing connections so that I had like some room for people I work with. So I it's a whole mess that I need to clean up my connections. Oh man, I know. Well that's why there was someone not long, but I used not to just too accept long ago. Connection. I didn't know. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then that, was, your that's, max. What it, that's what it is. Nobody tells you there's 30,000 limit. And then yeah. Um, cause this, there was someone else recently who I think they were at maybe, uh, maybe they were like a recruiter at LinkedIn or I don't, I don't really know where they were, but they were like, I will never say no to a connection. And I was like, just wait, man. <laughs> I was the same. I have posts where I was like, I accept every connection request. I, I respond to every DM and I'm, I'm sorry. I can't anymore. Cause it gets, it gets just too much and yeah. it would be my full-time job. So, so do you get like a lot of people, um, you know, like who, end up getting jobs like do they say just comment like oh like i saw one of your posts originally or like hey i've been following you for a while do you hear that quite a bit absolutely and i started like actually it was like my recruiters like across the team on both teams would be like hey like look at this someone put your name as how they found about the job or hey is this like a referral they said you you know and i was like i don't know that person and so just started to like see that like happen more and so then I was like, let me do more of this. I think initially when I started, I was, I post, I don't know, two or three times a week. And now I post every day because I'm like, okay, yes, Gideon, that's why you're pending. <laughs> I have like 6,000 connection requests that I haven't dealt with. So I haven't even seen it, but um, it's, and then when you like have a connection and you remove them, you remove them as a follower also. So then I'm like, I have to think really hard about who to like remove as a connection because I don't want to like remove someone that I would want to like interact with. Um, yeah. so. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I actually had to go through, um, uh, cause I originally, when I joined LinkedIn, I, I was like a LinkedIn open network. you remember that back in the day where it was like, I'm a lion. So I'm going <laughs> to really? connect with everybody. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. I literally did nothing on LinkedIn, like very little until this year. <laughs> well, that's, that's good that you, uh, that you didn't fall into that trap because, um, I, I probably, I think I've spent, you know, I used to spend like an hour a day, like actually just like removing connections and usually just trying to find people who are, weren't active or, that's what um, I do. but it, yeah, it's, it's tough. And, uh, but I will say like what I actually found happening is like the more you the more you do that, and this is just a tip for anybody, like the more your network is relevant to what you're trying to accomplish, uh, exactly, yeah. the better it's going to be. Um, so awesome. Well, um, yeah, I, I was going to, um, I'm sorry, we're having some technical difficulties here as well. I don't know if that that is on, on my end. Um, but I was going to, uh, I was going to ask you too, in terms of, um, 
know, obviously the climate with a lot of the layoffs that are going on and, and things like that. Like, have, how has that been impacting, um, I guess, recruiting for you? Like, have you seen it easier? Is there a whole another set of challenges that are going on? Like, I'd love to just get, get your point of view on that as well. Yeah. So um, we're definitely in a fortunate position at Zapier that we are not going through um, layoffs, have not like gone through layoffs or hiring freeze. We did kind of slow down our hiring um, because we wanted to make sure we were responsible. I think what's happened with a lot of these companies is that they saw like things were going great in COVID and suddenly I, I posted about this yesterday. Yeah, so I saw that one. Hiring, you know, hire like 100,000 new people. And then suddenly they're like, well, we don't actually need this many people. We overhired. Or during their great resignation, they assumed a lot more people would leave. So they were just snapping up whoever they found um, and then realized they overhired and didn't have like enough work. And now that the money is not not there, they have to, you know, like cut people. And so I think Zapier has been very kind of responsible in that space. And so we haven't reached that point. Also didn't want to get there. And so we kind of like slowed down and did some prioritization with hiring. Um, something I found is people are nervous. And so mm. um, we've had, we had someone actually recently who um, withdrew from a process because they were like, I, I probably shouldn't make a move because I don't want to be kind of like the last in first out type of thing um, that they were worried about with, you know, layoff. And we were, we tried to reassure them, like, we don't really have any indicator to tell us like that's a risk here. But at the end of the day, like I understood, like I think people are being more cautious and I think that's where branding of the company and transparency really helps. Um, I have a blog post on Zapier's blog, blog about our financials like situation and what kind of gives us confidence and, um, I probably should like even update that now so that people feel like they're getting the most updated information. But I think companies like need to be really transparent. I think job seekers need to ask a lot of questions to understand if where you're going is going to be risky or be comfortable with the risk. But like try to sort of suss out like how might this company do if we go into a period of, you know, the next two years of kind of economic decline. So how, how are you coaching the recruiters, you know, if, if they're coming up with those challenges or, um, you know, people having those reservations, like, I mean, I guess you just mentioned it with the transparency, but is there, is it kind of like anything else or like, I, I guess, yeah. How, how do you kind of coach yeah. the, the team on that? Um, so we're trying to actually talk to candidates about that, like upfront. So, you know, check in with them. Is there, are there things that would prevent you from, like accepting this offer, are there things that would, you know, that concern you about the company that we can kind of speak to? Um, we share, uh, we have some different like articles and, um, you know, like my blog post is an example of something we send, but we include those in some of the communication we send to candidates so that they're able to, it's kind of front and center. So if they're thinking it, but not asking it, we're kind of proactively trying to share that information with people. Um, and again, just sort of like checking in with them along the way. Um, and for most people, that seems to sort of alleviate the the concerns that they have. But yeah. totally open to other ideas or suggestions that you might have since this is based here in as well. No, I look, I think it, it always comes down to just, like you said, transparency and honesty. And I mean, that's, I think, how you deal with any situation, whether it's a yeah. counter offer, whether, uh, you know, hey, on the agency side, I'd be blatantly honest with candidates. Like if I thought that they had a better offer somewhere else, yeah. I would be like, all right, here are the pros and here are the cons. Because at the end of the day, 
if you are if you actually care about people, then you're going to encourage them to do the right thing. And I've just seen it so many times where I remember really early on in my my recruiting career, I convinced somebody to take a pay cut. And I even told the client like, hey, you know, this person's going to leave in like three months because they're taking a pay cut. And so someone else is going to pay them more. And they were like, no, but the mission, blah, 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 blah. They're really connect to the culture. Okay. I'll do what you want me to do. You're the client. And I made that mistake once and the guy left after three months. And, uh, and so I think like with any of these talks, like, again, when I was recruiting recruiters, I would say, you've got to ask the tough questions through the interview. You, it doesn't even matter what I think or say, but like, you need to be asking these tough questions. You need to be asking how many recs is a recruiting team working on? What is, what's the financial state of the company? How much money is the company actually making? Like those are questions, which, um, you obviously a lot of companies like, oh, we just raised this round of money. Great. You just raised this round of money. How much money are you earning and yeah. how much are you spending? That will give me an idea of how long you're going to be around for. Yeah, I mean, profits. Like when are you? going? Yeah. So um, I think asking those questions is key and then just being honest with people. And like you say, and it sounds like that's what the culture is. Yeah. Um, but ha- I mean, because I think this is a thought too that people have, right? Like when there's lots of like layoffs going on that suddenly like recruiting gets massively easier in some way so is Mm. that something you've experienced i mean has it gotten easier i'd I'd be curious to get your take on that um yes and no i mean you know i think in some ways like when there are fewer jobs out there of course like you have more access to great candidates um at the end of the day there's still a lot to sort through um just you know, because someone was laid off from a great company doesn't mean that they're the best candidate for, you know, our particular job or our particular, like, you know, kind of the way that we operate in our culture and things like that. So um, I think it means you get more, you get more sort of like inbound applications, you have more people kind of coming to you looking for opportunities, but it still doesn't guarantee that they're, you know, the right people. Um, And then it also means you have a different set of concerns where it might be that you have more people to choose from, but then they're a little bit more nervous and skeptical um, because of the uh, experience that they just had. And so you're needing to do a lot more to sort of engage them and make sure you close them. The other thing I've seen is um, we don't have the fastest process at Zapier. We're not one of those companies that just does like one interview and makes an offer. We like to have a variety of people meet with someone and, you know, have like a process and consider multiple candidates and things like that. So there's also like around a recent batch of layoffs actually had like a bunch of candidates um, for a role. And I was helping our technical recruiting team with hiring a technical recruiter. And so many of them were like laid off on Friday and had an offer within a week. And, you know, and some of them picked up contract jobs just because it was like, okay, I can like guarantee an income like very quickly. And so I know those move more quickly, but it was like, there was no way that we were going to be able to keep up with that timeline. Um, And so there's been that sort of, of thing as well. Yeah. And obviously like you guys have a great brand and reputation as well, which, um, you know, people want to come and work for you, which is great. Um, but you know, Hey, if you're a startup out there and you don't have any brand recognition or like marketing out there and people don't know who you are, uh, I don't necessarily know if it kind of makes things any, any easier, uh, cause you still haven't overcome those things. So, uh, yeah, very, very cool. And, um, yeah, and it looks like Gideon said he was impacted by layoffs. So sorry to hear that. And, uh, definitely, you know, reach out, send a DM. Um, obviously, uh, you know, 
we just mentioned about the connection, but I would say to Gideon just to be networking and, uh, you know, taking that advice, you know, it is a numbers game and it is challenging. And if you're in that spot, it is going to be a challenge. Um, and then Chris, he said, GitHub has done a great job of keeping talent folks employed by creating projects to either establish uh, better SOPs, which I think one of our, one of our colleagues said this, she actually did a post where it was like 44 things uh, that recruiters could do when there isn't hiring. And a lot of it was around process. A lot of it was around like employer branding and these types of things. And uh, I thought it was, it was a really popular post, but uh, I think you're, I think things like that are great. Right. And, uh, and, you know, keeping people busy. Uh, and then Katya just asked, um, Bonnie, do you see, a long interviewing process impacting your success of people staying in a process to the end. Uh, so I think you alluded to that, but yeah, I'd be curious of hearing about that too. Yeah. And when I say long, um, you know, most roles, two weeks, three weeks, um, okay. that's kind of what I mean. Um, somewhere <laughs> not, the not the Adam Karpiak, like endless. Yeah, like, uh, like, eight, yeah. I mean, for, you know, a senior director or VP role, you're probably looking at five, six interviews the majority of roles, you have a recruiter screen plus two to three interviews um, here that kind of run two to three weeks. And if someone's an awesome candidate and they're like, hey, I have another offer. I mean, we'll, I've, I've gotten people through a process in a week. It certainly happens. But we try to avoid doing that too frequently because it's unfair to other candidates in the process and also want to try to be equitable there. Um, and so... Yeah. There, there's like that balance too, because sometimes I think part of recruiting is also helping like hiring managers check their biases. And sometimes they will come in and say, I've got someone from my old company. They're amazing. Like, this is the one. Let's just push them through. I don't even need to interview someone. And we're like, no, like you're going to get other perspectives on this candidate. And, you know, sometimes we hire that person and sometimes we don't. And they realize like, yeah, they were a great person, but or a great candidate, but this other person's even stronger. And I think part of like good recruiting is like pushing people because otherwise you end up just like hiring within your networks and that leads to all sorts of, you know, equity and DEI issues. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I think those are things we try to pay attention to. Yeah. And I think too, with like a slightly longer interview process as well, I know like at Hirewell, we have the same thing where it's, it is a little bit longer, yeah. uh, but it's also like not long within each step and we yeah. communicate throughout the whole process. So I actually think you can get away with, like uh, a little bit longer, of a, of a, obviously not, you know, within reason, yeah. but a lot of it's to do with like the communication as well, you know, and, and just like, as long as people know where they're at and you're being transparent. Um, and yeah. I think people actually appreciate that because there was a while where it was like two zooms and you're in. Yeah. And I'm just thinking like, how, how can you make a decision over two half an hour zoom meetings? <laughs> like it yeah. just doesn't, I, I know personally, like I want to meet different people. I want to get a feel for what the organization is that I'm yeah. going to be working at. Uh, and I don't know. I, it was like, cause for a while it was just like, that was the LinkedIn post of the day. Right. It was like, make sure your interview process is, you know, the quickest ever. And I'm like, okay, if you're processing a job, uh, yeah. a new job and you've got three offers, like I want to know it as much as I can to make a good decision. Uh, yeah. personally. I, I feel like I mean, I like frequently was kind of giving the same like response as well, because it's it's a two way street. And I bet a lot of those companies are the one, same ones that have ended up laying people off or terminating people quickly at, or seeing them leave for a new job within three months. And people are saying, I took this job, but it's actually horrible um, because you haven't taken the time to get to know each other. Um, I know on our recruiting team, like we literally have not, you know, had like a 
have had someone just like leave the team because they're not happy or, you know, anything like that. Basically, like the whole time I've been here, I mean, people just stay. And I think it's because we have a thorough process and get to know each other. And so when people accept an offer, they're doing it because it's the right place for them. Um, yeah. yeah. No, 100%. Well, awesome. Well, I know we're getting to the end of the time here. We're yeah. like right up time. So I really appreciate you uh, obviously being here with us. And uh, I'd love to just end if you, yeah, if you, I, I you know, just from your perspective, like if you, uh, and this is, I always like to do this for like more of like anyone who's in the audience that maybe is junior in their career, but yeah. um, like what would be, let's say you're, you're a junior recruiter and you know, you're kind of still in that phase of wondering whether or not recruiting is right. Like what would be your advice to that person? And, and, you know, how would you kind of coach them if you could, if they could hear you right now? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, yeah, I think if you're like not sure if it's right for you, I think kind of reflecting on like, what are the parts of the job that you actually really enjoy and feel good at? And like, what is the stuff like when you're at your best, like, what are you doing in those moments? And then when you're like having those worst parts of the day that are kind of the slog, what are you doing in those times? And then I think that sometimes will help you figure out like, is it the job? Is it like just this job within this company? Um, you know, for example, if you love, like, I know some people who are like, I hate talking to people, but I actually love like scouring LinkedIn and like doing the research and figuring out the market. Awesome. Like talent research or talent intelligence, like these are great spaces for someone who wants to do less of like the talking, um, you know, that, that sort of thing. Um, if it's a scheduling piece, um, I've worked previously in places where you do your own scheduling. That's the kind of stuff that I hate doing. Um, you know, we have coordinators here. So yeah. I don't actually do a lot of scheduling. It makes it a lot easier um, not have to deal with calendars. So maybe if you do the job at a different company, you won't be dealing with like the same problems. Maybe the kind of things that are annoying to you right now just have to do with the fact that you're more junior. And as you move up, you're going to get to take on like more of the stuff that interests you um, because you'll own more of the cycle, that sort of thing. So maybe it's just about sort of like getting through the slog of it and, and growing with the role. But I think sometimes starting at like, what am I doing when I'm really happy and how much of my day am I spending on the, those things? Um, and is that part of this job or not? Like can, can be like a place to start. Yeah. hundred percent. No, I love that. Well, look, everybody who's out there, we uh, appreciate you being out there. And what I, my advice to you would definitely, if you're um, you know, if you're somebody in the tech industry or your recruiter, you know, definitely uh, send Bonnie a connection request. You did just say has a lot in the inbox. So be patient, but also, you know, Follow her, follow her content. I can say that lots of just great content on a lot of uh, different topics that we didn't even get to chat about. Um, but I just want to thank you for your time and uh, appreciate all of the uh, all of the value that you've given us here today as well. Um, and yeah, guys, in terms of um, you know, in terms of next week, I don't know. I think I might actually have an eye appointment next week, but uh, I know I've got a guest coming up in uh, in a couple of weeks. So uh, appreciate all of you. Uh, if you've got, you know, if you've got any questions uh, specifically to for Bonnie and we're connected, feel free to DM me and I can get those over to her. And uh, and then just thank you to Deborah here. I don't see you commenting. Uh, uh, I did LinkedIn user. Never know who that is, but that's okay. David, <laughs> uh, Katya, David, Gideon, Chris, Imran, um, Arai. Um, Mary, Liam, all of you guys. Appreciate you all. We'll be here in a couple of weeks. 
And uh, again, if you are in a really crappy situation, uh, you know, feel free to reach out to me as well because I know Hirewell is always hiring and we would love to have you hiring well as well. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Bonnie. Appreciate it. Thank you, Joel. Yeah. Good to everyone. Bye, all. Yep. See you guys.